Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 38, the return of the Matt episode of the Game Groups podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, your host forever and always, except last week. And today I'm joined by Josh, Mike, and Paul. Gentlemen, let's get right into it, though. Instead of asking you how you're doing this week, like they do on every other podcast out there. I want to ask you what the peak of your week has been. So, Paul, what's the best thing that happened to you this week besides hosting Game Groove's podcast episode 37? I'm so glad to have that question asked of me. I, I will say right off the bat, Return of the Mat, very funny. Also, no podcast has ever asked me how I'm doing, so it's actually not like every podcast out there because every podcast out there uh sometimes sometimes they'll ask the hosts that but not me oh not me as a listener yeah so I, very <laughs> presumptuous very okay. presumptuous of the of you my friends uh yeah peak of my week uh i don't know it's been it's been kind of a quiet week i haven't done anything too crazy uh got into playing some mario odyssey that's been fun uh you know spent a little time in new donk city enjoying myself there uh living it up whooping it around but yeah otherwise nothing too crazy i would say last week uh you know hosting the show was really fun but you took that from me so yeah i don't know that's probably it nothing nothing crazy here uh, i will just say i'm excited for episode 74 of the game groups podcast uh where i'm <laughs> once again back in charge every 37 episodes baby i'm starting i'm starting the lobbying early paul what is your record so far on the jump rope uh, in new donk city uh there's a there's a jump rope yeah, it's like the like the, the zero double dutch, right? <laughs> is that what they call it? Or is that a weird sex thing? I actually don't know. <laughs> it is. It is. It's <laughs> both. It's both <laughs> depending on who does it. Uh, but yeah, no, I haven't seen that yet. So am I crazy? Zero, but I'm excited. Is there not a jump rope thing in New Donk City? Like right when you first get there and, and it counts how many times you do it and you have to do it a certain amount of times to get a star. There is, right? There probably is, but I didn't see it. Mike is nodding. Mike, we are on there an is. audio pod. Thank you. There is. Thank you. Let's jump a hundred times. Get a moon. There you go. Get okay, a moon. Okay, well, now, I, right, now moon. I know. Not stars. They're not shine sprites. What are they called? Are they just called moons? Yeah, they're called moons. Okay. There's a lot of moons in the game. A lot of moons. Are Gotten you, finding, are you finding that, Paul? Are you finding that I've there got, are a yeah, lot of moons? I, I'm loving the moons, though. It's so much fun. Yeah, I've gotten a ton of secret moons. I usually get more than I need, but it's a lot of fun. I don't go too crazy, though. I'm not, like, scouring every level for all the moons. I, I'm kind of, like, getting as many as I need, moving on, uh, and then occasionally I'll get a few more. And I'll, I'll go back, I'm sure, and I'll, I'll do the, the moon search for, for months on end, I'm sure. I think there's uh, 834 or some nonsense like that. Yeah, I think I had 650-something when I stopped playing. And it just got to a point where they were just getting a little bit too hard to get. Especially like the, the last couple episodes, episodes, the last couple levels of the game can get really challenging. Like the, I think they're, they're like post-game levels, though. It's weird. You'll have to see. Josh, what's the best thing that happened to you this week, sir? Oh, well, last week I obviously mentioned that Mike had come to visit, so I'll substitute it with things we did after uh, that and say we got to introduce our boy Mike to the wonders of the Waffle House. Uh, mm -hmm. Bojangles was fine. You know, it's wonderful. It's good fried chicken. It's great. But Waffle House, Waffle House is on another level, uh, and discovering the joys of that beautiful place that humbles even the most prideful of men uh, is truly 
just an experience for people to enjoy and i'm glad mike finally got to experience it okay listen mike don't worry about hurting josh's feelings i need to know the honest truth on what you thought about waffle house it's kind of like a coney island but they serve waffles there as well so therefore it's better isn't the coney island thing isn't that a hot dog place no it's a diner okay they serve hot dogs there but it's a diner (laughs) okay all right mike What's the best thing that happened to you this week? And don't say Waffle House. I know it was. It was probably Waffle House. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was really good. I don't know. I I mean, Saturday in general was just a good time. I would say that entire day was probably my peak. I don't know. We went to a couple fun bars. Basically the weekend. Yeah. Now I'm back in Michigan. I'm sad. Now you're back in, in Michigan in the winter and you're back in real life. It's not winter here. (laughs) It is 64 degrees out. It is not winter. Not bad. The peak of my week, gentlemen, and I'm not going to go into this because there's just not enough. There's not enough. No one. None of the listeners are going to be interested in this, but the NCAA tournament, it's it's back. It's back, baby. And uh, my Christmas is happening. Selection Sunday is my Christmas. Uh, I guess the... The tournament itself is my epiphany. I don't I don't know. It's a weird analogy. No one actually cares about epiphany, but I actually care about the tournament, so it's not really I don't know. It's all Christmas. It's just like a three and a half week Christmas. I love it. Anyway, you guys are so uninterested in that. Let's move on to trending topics. Matt, Matt yeah. I am so happy for you. I, I know how it feels a little bit when you know it's a big event, like like E3 week or something, you know, when there's like a bit, bunch of big stuff, big things happening. I'm really, really excited for you because this is a, a magical time in your life. So have at her. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Let's move on to trending topics. In trending topics, I give our panelists a choice between three search terms. They have to tell me which term they think got the most searches over the last seven days via stats from Google Trends. Play three quick rounds. Paul, I know eventually last week you found out how to do trending topics. I think it was a rousing success, I want to say. I think I I revolutionized the way we play it a little bit with some of my my options. That's all I'm saying. If there's no human names in this... You know, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a miss. All right, so I gotta be honest. I've I'm about halfway through last week's episode. I just haven't had a chance to to listen to the whole thing yet. I have human names in this, and I had no idea that you oh. put human names in trending. You haven't gotten to that yet. To the it, second it was, attempt. Okay, just just so you know, I mean, you're about to listen to it, but just to give you an idea, it was something like Mario, Sonic, or Sheila. Like oh, it was something okay. like that. Was kind of the yeah. Okay, well, round one. Paul, Josh, or Mike? <laughs> it, it's it's got to be Josh. It just feels like the most common name, and I'm totally not selfish. I think it's definitely got to be Mike. That's a crazy common name for sure. Same. <laughs> the answer is Paul. Wow. Oh, coming in clutch. <laughs> it's like an old man name. Like It's kind of out of vogue. I'm surprised that it's getting searched so much. Closely followed by Mike, Josh was uh, quite a ways back. Quite a ways back. Story of my life. It's too hip. Round two, bad games, good games, or mediocre games? Good games. Everything about my gut is telling me this is wrong, but I'm going to say mediocre games. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Googling that? Because it's funny. (laughs) You're like, what's the worst? What's a bad game? What's a good game? 
I'm just looking for like something okay. What's the most five out of mediocre. ten game I can find right now? If I can think of the name, I would say mediocre. <laughs> Babylon's Fall, Josh. Yeah. Babylon's Fall. I'll go with bad games. Sure, let's let's change it up. The answer was good games. Mm. Mediocre no. games didn't even really register. <laughs> 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 uh, round three, Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, the eternal battle. Kenobi, even though it wasn't, you know, I'm not even trying to explain myself. I just think it's Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it's quite obvious. Well, oh God, Harry Potter's crazy, though. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's either Harry Potter or Star Wars. Mike, what are you thinking? Because I'm spending too long on this. What am I thinking? Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I just say one of the three answers. So... I'm going to go with Harry Potter. All right. I think I'm also going to go with Harry Potter. It's going to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings was way, way behind. Wait, it was yeah, not, wait, wait, not wait. even close. The yeah. answer, though, is Star Wars. Yeah. Not too far behind Harry Potter. So Josh's name might have been less, but he was first in this. Hey. There you go. Let's go. All right. Let's move on to the big question. For the most part, every game that gets reviewed these days is given a score of 6 or 7, like my credit score, at worst. Some people put the blame on modern game reviewers, but it's really more of a product of a massive amount of titles being released. We see games being released every single day. In the past, and especially before downloadable games became a thing, we could go an entire week without a game being released. With so many games coming out, and only so many people able to put reviews out there, Reviewers have to more carefully pick and choose which games will be getting their attention. Like everyone else, reviewers only want to play games that they think will be worth their time and worth their audience's time. There are countless games that release every day on Steam and the Nintendo eShop that never get professional reviews because it simply doesn't make sense to put time and effort into them. So those twos, threes, fours, and fives of the past simply get ignored in the modern era. Sometimes a game will slip through the cracks or sometimes bugs or overconfident marketing can lead to poorly reviewed games but for the most part games that get professionally reviewed are at the very least okay so here's the question with that said does this mean it's time to change how games are reviewed is the current system a relic of a past that no longer exists and must be changed to compare to reviews for movies books etc and if so how exactly do we go about fixing or adjusting modern game reviews I'll go I'll I'll give some of my thoughts first just to to give you guys a little bit of time to to think on this a little bit but part of the reason we don't give scores for our reviews with Goodnight Grooves is because we know the system just doesn't work as well anymore. Although we like consumers love it, even us I think as consumers of reviews like we like seeing a score, but I just don't think it works because I feel like it cheapens a review. People just want to skip to the number. And then they only talk about the number. They only care about the number. They don't care about any of the points you actually made. Or they'll use their your own points against you to say, well, why did you give it this score? You said that this bad thing about it, it couldn't possibly be an eight if there was a bad thing in the game. Stuff like that. So if you use a number, they'll they'll only focus on that. But by not using a number, you're forcing people to actually listen um, if it's a audio or video or whatever or read if it's the written word and actually think about the words that you put down themselves i think a numbered system is easy for the consumer and it's easy for us as consumers to go to open critic and see a review score 
and it might even be easy for the reviewer to just slap a number on there. But the recommendation systems like a binary yes or no or like a buy, rent or avoid or something like that. There are a bunch of different systems like that. Everyone kind of has their own thing. Even we have like we have our standouts, missteps and nitpicks. And then we have a recommendation at the end. Those sort of things are where you get the thoughtful reviews, I think. I just think with a number that's that ends up being the main focus and people aren't actually looking at the points that you made. And so I don't know what that means as for, I don't think that we can totally get away from some sort of score system because then, because it also just helps with efficiency. If we're being honest, it helps to, to compare games and say, well, I should buy this be, and I shouldn't buy this because it's a higher number and it, hel- it helps people decide what to buy and it helps with efficiency of seeing how a game does, but I just think something needs to change. I don't know exactly what, but we need to focus more on reviews being thoughtful and people actually looking at the words that are being written or listening to the words that are being said. Paul, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I know you haven't done a review yet with Goodnight Grooves, but obviously you read game reviews and we do it all the time for replay. We read and watch reviews for a very specific segment of that show. So what are your thoughts on all these reviews you've seen and what can we do to maybe change the system if it even needs to be changed in your mind? Yeah, uh, I think that's a really great question. Uh, It it actually was a really interesting big question. And I think that ultimately, I think numbers are good. I like number. I I think number good. Uh, I find that uh, thoughtful reviews and that kind of thing where you don't want to give. I'm not trying to say anything negative about the good night groups here. Um, But yeah, I I really do like in general a, a numbered review at the end. Uh, Mike's bringing up in the chat here. What about Dungeon Dwarves? I did not give it a numbered review only because that's true. You did review Dungeon Dwarves. Well, you I was trying to go with the flow here. I didn't want to like I didn't want to change up how we're doing uh, things. Or, or I guess Mike was just saying I have done a review. I have done a review. It was terrible. 60 second review. But also I didn't score it uh, as well because that's not what we're doing here. But yeah, in general, uh, I, I like a number. Now, do I think that should be the focus of the review? No, I like that people are kind of putting that right at the very end. Uh, of course, and I and I do think it's important as well to not focus on that number. I don't know though. Maybe there's like something to be said for like at the outset scoring a game. Here's what I'll say: a lot of games are coming out. We're kind of seeing a maturing of the industry. I mean, we've seen it for a while, but we're seeing it even more. It's like you know Hollywood movies or something too, right? We're gonna at a certain point. You know, there's so so many games coming out, just like there's so many movies coming out, and yeah, there's gonna be bad ones and there's gonna be good ones, and every game isn't going to be reviewed professionally because it just doesn't work in in a mature industry. Uh, But that being said, I think that, yeah, every game can't be a six or seven as a minimum. I I think we're, or a 50s, like a a huge fail. I think for some reason we tend to do that. We're nicer. But if you look at like a Rotten Tomatoes or something, you know, people, there's stuff that is like 10% and that's critic reviews. Uh, And yet those will have like a 10%. Now that's, I, I think it's, that's where we should be focusing. Maybe it's like you were saying where we're focusing more on like recommendations. And I think that's kind of interesting to see, like not just an an aggregate average of review score, but also how many people are actually saying it's worth it to play this game at all. Uh, That's kind of like, again, like the Rotten Tomatoes thing. And and that's something I kind of like is just that idea of, Hey, should I even look at this? Is this even worth my time? Uh, And I, and I think that's kind of an interesting thing, especially when you're talking about how much money and time time specifically you have to put into games over watching a movie uh so yeah i i think that's probably more insightful or interesting than the score 
in terms of how, you know, if the game's worth looking at, then you can start having long form reviews where you spend a little bit more time talking about why and, and in what ways it can improve. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say that's more of the focus. That's, that's probably it. I like the thing that you said about Rotten Tomatoes because I do think that the way that they do scoring works really well. Open Critic does something sort of like that. It just doesn't work at all yet. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to say. I, I just noticed that when I was looking at Tunic reviews is like the the bigger what was kind of stood out as a more interesting thing was like the how many people recommend this game. Now, of course, it was, yeah, obscenely high because I don't think it's built that way yet, but it's it is interesting to see. Yeah, it's pretty much the way that it works with Open Critic right now is if a game is like at least in a 75 or 80, it's most critics are recommending it. And if it's under that, it could be all the way down to like 20, 30% recommended or whatever. So that system just like doesn't work yet. But I think the bones are there for something to essentially work the exact same way as Rotten Tomatoes. It just doesn't quite work yet. And I don't know what they need to do to tune that correctly. And again, that could just have something to do with the way that like an IGN review could be like they could give a game a seven and say it's really not worth your time and they could give a game a 7.5 and say it's it's a great game like <laughs> we just we live in this in this time right now where <laughs> reviews are so inconsistent as far as the recommend recommendation in the score because we're we're really scoring games between like six and ten Mike what are your thoughts on this whole thing as the the good night group who has done the most reviews for us so far what are your thoughts it's funny because I had a discussion with Ross on his review of Elden Ring because his big point was, I don't see how this game is a 10 out of 10 because of certain things that are that he said that a 10 out of 10 game needs to push video games forward and it's not a perfect game and all this other stuff. But, you know, I had the same complaints when I played uh, Deathloop. IGN decided it's a 10 out of 10 game. Uh, I said, no, the game's broken. Uh, then they fix the game. But it's just, it's silly that uh, game reviews are, if it's a competent game in the sense that it works, it gets a six minimum. And, you know, if you're starting your floor there, there's not a whole lot of room to move around. Uh, I mean, look at when we were looking at games last year for the Game Awards. Everything was up in the 80s and 90s. That's great. I wouldn't have recommended most of those games to everyone because the thing is, like, playing a video game is a lot different than watching a movie. For the most part, me and my friends will go see a movie in the theater if it if it passes a certain line on IMDb. We decided that that line was a 6.7 because... When the Justice League came out, that was what we deemed the most passable movie <laughs> experience we've ever had because we didn't hate it, but we didn't love it. But it was a thing. Games also have a different t uh, time commitment. Like if if it's if right. the game's not for you, like it's okay if if a movie's not for you, you can spend two hours and it's whatever. But a game, you don't want to spend twenty hours on a game that's not a game that you would normally like. Right, exactly. With movies, I'm more apt to go see a movie that's rated highly because, like you said, it's shorter. But also, like, I know that the experience I'm going to have is going to be a competent one. It will be entertaining in some sense. Whereas, like, not everyone likes every single game, like, just because it's a quote-unquote good game. I mean, I, I sit here and 
I complain nonstop about The Witcher, but I understand that it is a good game. It's a good game I don't like. It just is. Um, the same thing with you know God of War. I didn't like that game. Is it a good game? Yes. I'm not going to say it's not, but like giving it a score just doesn't really tell me anything other than a certain review publications got a lot of money to market that game or <laughs> B it's a masterpiece of a game. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe it's too long. Maybe the open world is too big. Cough, cough, Elden ring based off of Ross's comments, but like numbers for games, I guess it makes sense. But like at the end of the day, I want to know who this game is made for. I don't care. Yeah how good or bad the game is. Tell me if the game's broken. Tell me if the game's polished. Tell me like a score based off of that. Fine. But grade it like a report card. Don't grade it like, well, we felt like this was a 10 out of 10 experience. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) And a lot of people are saying that about Deathloop. And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I think the problem is that reviewing like call of duty versus stardew valley is more like reviewing a movie versus a book than it is reviewing two different movies yeah games are so different from one another it's not just genre it's the way they work it would be like an experiment a super art house experimental film versus like the avengers they're just completely Mm -hmm. different things you can't review them the same because they're four different people so i think that's where we sort of I almost feel like there has to like games have to game reviews have to have like a score and then also like a letter and the letter is like an A through an F for like how good is it within the genre and then the number is like how good is it overall as a game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like to get a little bit more specific about it. Does that make sense? I I could see that. Honestly, it's just like it's yeah, we can sit here and complain about the game review format and uh, for eons, but you know that doesn't help the problem. You have to suggest something that that will fix it. The thing that that makes this difficult is the fact that not all games have the same thing, right? Playing twelve minutes, there's not a whole lot of gameplay, but there is a whole lot of story and voice acting. Playing. I don't know. A different game might not have all of that. Loop <laughs> like, Hero. The, Loop Hero. It has voice acting in a story that doesn't help. <laughs> Super Meat Boy. Right. Super Meat Boy. It's it's all about gameplay. Or like Green Hell. It's all about survival gameplay. Like each game needs to be focused on a certain thing and do it well to be considered a good game. And Every game has something different to focus on. So it's it's hard to sit there and say, grade it like a, a report card. It's almost like you need you need a better way of categorizing games, right? You've got story-based games, you've got gameplay-based games, you've got your Call of Duties, whatever. But then also it has its own genre. Like it needs to have different factors built into it to address the fact that each game is for a different audience and completely different in focus. I feel like you could put together an equation that would give you technically a score. I was literally just thinking about that. Uh, When you said the different factors, there's something in basketball analytics called the four factors. 
And I was thinking about something similar, like how could that work with video game reviews? Right. Like you would have to give the game a score based off of basic mechanics. Does the game work? Is it buggy? Is it, does it work on release? Etc. I wouldn't even put graphics into the equation because not every game is built to look pretty. Sometimes it's it, that's in the charm. So, you know, I would throw that out. But, you know, then how well does the game represent the genre it's in? Does it do a good job as that? And then based off of its does the game have a focus and does it do that focus well? Like those those are kind of like the three things I could probably think of some others that I would focus on. But like 12 minutes. I'm being honest, I would probably give like a 50 as a game because it doesn't really do what it's set out to do. Like the voice acting's not great and the story's kind of mid. Like it's not that great of a game, but I'm sure it's like easily 72 because it's a competent game. It runs. (laughs) And that's my issue. Like with most of these game reviews, yeah. Like if a game is is broken, it should be like a ten. But like, it needs to be more focused and less, honestly, less marketing driven. I feel like most reviews are marketing driven at this point. I agree, Josh. It's been a while since we've heard your voice. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Tell us, what do you think about game reviews? What can we do to fix them? Do they need to be fixed? I sit in silence. <laughs> I, I think they do need to be fixed, but maybe not in just take the scores out, take uh, recommendations out. I think more so, one of the biggest things I kind of wrote down here is that reviewers just need to know their audience and understand what that audience wants. Reviewers obviously have gotten to the point where they write to a general audience. I, I get it. You have to make money ads pay the bills, you want to appeal to everyone. I I get that. I understand. But something that I think IGN, just as an example, does is they're just way too general with their reviews. And it's just like, here's what the game is. Here's what it does. And here's the score. Uh, But it doesn't really give a a perspective for someone who maybe is coming at it from someone who plays top-down games or turn-based games or shooters or puzzle games, Sudoku, whatever the fuck it is. And I think that's something where, where they're beginning to miss the mark. And then that also kind of leans back on the people who are actively searching for the reviews. And I'm kind of, you know, taken from Dunkey here. Dunkey has a great, great video about video game reviews that really knows a lot of these points. And that's find someone that resonates with similar play styles to you, games you like, and see what their takes are on certain games that you may either not play or games that they play a lot that you also play a lot. That that's important because it may give you a better perspective than someone who largely plays puzzle games going and playing an MMO or vice versa. Right. To me, that's something that people should do more often than not, which is why, just as an example, if I watch a video game Dunkey review and I know that Dunkey hates X game, I understand what perspective he's coming at it from or whoever else it may be. Uh, you know, when Mike is reviewing a certain game, we're going to have a different take on X game and X game for a variety of different reasons. Fallout 4 just being one of them. And I, I think that's something important for people to know. And I guess that just comes down with taking time to grow your personality and getting yourself out there as a reviewer. So I understand how that's tough to do. Uh, but I think it would go a long way in making video game reviews a lot more tangible for people. 
Uh, as far as actual numbers on reviews, I don't hate them. It's just they become arbitrary in the 1 to 10 section. I actually like 1 to 5. Uh, I know it seems silly, but I feel like it does a better job of measuring because people are going to be less scared to go to three than they are a five in a video game review. Just that idea of going to a five is scary to people because you're giving it a 50% to some people's eyes. But in reality, you're basically just saying it's average uh, as opposed to where seven is average now or six is below average. To me, one to one to five does a better job of saying five is just excellent. The game is perfect. Four is saying, hey, this game is good. You're probably going to like it and you're going to enjoy it. Three is, hey, it's average. And to me, that just does a better job of representing, I think, scores on the whole. I mean, I, I do like recommendations as well, but I think that also depends on who the person is recommending the game. That's a great point about finding a reviewer that resonates with you. I, I like that a lot. I personally don't feel like I've found that yet, but I'm I'm always on the lookout for that. As far as the numbers... I feel like what we need is we need someone out there who's not going to be afraid to do like this big reset and start giving modern games numbered scores the way that it should be. Give Cyberpunk on release on PS4 a two. It's a broken game with cool ideas. Give it a two. You know, we we don't need these like... I love Easy Allies. They are deathly afraid of giving a game a 10, and they're deathly afraid of giving a game anything under a 6. Like, it does happen, but it's really, really rare, and I don't think either have happened in a really long time. I just feel like we need someone out there, a major outlet, to start reviewing. They have to be the ones to lead the reset, because it's not going to be IGN, because they have so many business deals and our advertising deals. It's not going to be them. It's going to have to be some YouTuber or some blog writer. Or what I, people don't read blogs anymore, but something like that. You know, I, I think if we want to do the one to 10 scale, like IGN has even, they've had a hundred point scale in the past. Like it's insane. We don't like, I like what Josh said about making it simple. One through five people feel better about giving, giving out a three than they do in a, in a one through five scale than they do giving out a six. I think people are just more comfortable with that. And you do see some outlets moving to that, but I don't know. I just feel like it's going to take some courage and like explanation and, and like an outlet actually explaining what they're doing, why they're going to start giving modern games, ones and twos and threes, if that's what they really deserve. But I don't know how we fix the number issue other than that. Well, let's move on. We're going to play a new mini game. This one is called Like a Fine Wine. In Like a Fine Wine, I give panelists the names of six games one by one. They have to tell me whether or not a given game has had some sort of remaster, remake, or reboot since the initial release. Straight ports and re-releases do not count. Whichever panelist will have had the most correct choices at the end wins. Mike's going to keep score for us. Thank you, Mike. We take game title suggestions from our Wonder Olive Plus supporters on Patreon at patreon.com. So it's good night groups where you can message us your suggestion. All right. Are we ready for this for this new brand new minigame? Absolutely. I'm ready to open the cask. All right. First game. Gex. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's like an evening at Richard Pryor's house. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is like a night at Richard Simmons' house. <laughs> I feel like that'd be fun. 
Uh, depends on who you are, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it just takes you to a really do. intense workout. The whole I used to, when I was growing up, I used to do sweating with the oldies with my mom <laughs> every night before bed. It was nice. So are we, are we working together on these? No. Yeah. Oh, well, no, oh, but no, I mean, Mike is keeping score. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we are talking about it. I, I don't think there was ever a Gex remaster, like as much as donkey memes on Gex and stuff. I don't think there was actually like a, like a new Gex. Mike, fuck off with this like face you're making. You don't, how dare you? <laughs> like it's probably been re-released. That's fine. I, I understand that. But yeah, I have a hard time imagining it's been rebooted or remastered. I ever though. Who like, is clamoring the- for Gex is my question. Uh, other than Richard Simmons. Um, right, of course. Whoa. Donkey. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say there isn't one. I don't I don't think so. Not that I recall. God, this is like a weekend at Corbin Burnson's house. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> he was on LA Law. I was trying to make a time based oh, reference wow. to what something that Gex would say. Uh you know what? I, I'm gonna say no. I think there was one. I, f- I have a feeling there was one, so I'm going to go with yes. The answer is no. There was never a new <sighs> Gex. Never. The world is safe. The world wept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't mind a new one. I played a lot of Gex on the old PS1 demo disc that I had. <laughs> you got a lot of mileage out of this demo disc, I did. Matt. There were so There were like at least... Because I can like see it in my mind, like nine <laughs> squares, you know, three rows of three. There were at least nine demos on there. All right. Game number two, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Hmm. Bad Fur Day itself. Hmm. My heart tells me there's been a lot of sequels, but not a remaster or a remake. But I don't know about that. I don't think there is one. The only because the only thing I remember people getting really lit for was the intro that Conker had in that shitty like video game making thing that Microsoft did, but that wasn't technically <laughs> Yeah. That was uh just them shilling Conker's name out. I'm going with no. I'll stick with no. I'm gonna stay no too, I guess. Yeah. Conker's Bad Fur Day was re-released on Rare Replay, but it also received a remake. Conker Live and Reloaded on the Xbox in that game, they also included a new multiplayer mode using Xbox Live. Who played that? <laughs> so <laughs> you all got it wrong. We suck. We all right, next game. Embarrassing. GoldenEye 007. Mm. Okay, so that has a lot of famous rights issues. That's a, that's a thing to keep in mind. So, But I think there might have been one. There was a remake. Remake after for Xbox or whatever. There was a remake. Uh, so I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going with the remake myself. I think yeah, so. Yeah, me too. Just go with no. I don't think there was. In 2010, we got a remake mm-hmm. on the Wii. It was dog Ooh. shit. I mean, so was <laughs> so was the original, but still. Wow. Whoa. Controversial. Whoa. <laughs> All right, next game. Chrono Trigger. All right, Matt, you're mistaking me for someone who knows what Chrono Trigger is or enough about it's a it. JRPG. I, I mean, I know what it is, but like considered I've, one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, it's like Mario or some shit, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, it's like your dad, Matt, who calls every video game uh, system a Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Like Matt's dad at Richard Simmons' house. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with no, Matt. It's like I'll a weekend at no. Matt's dad's house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am going to go with no because I just don't know enough. About, you know what? JRPGs, I feel like, don't get remade. They just make like 18,000 sequels. There's no need to remake. I'm going to go with it was so popular. People loved and ate this shit up. There was a yeah, yes, yes. The answer is no. It's F. been ported, and it the PC and mobile ports just got big updates, but it has never been remade, although many people want it to. All right, next game, Jet Set Radio. I know this is a fan favorite, and I feel... I know there's been a lot of spiritual successors, yeah, I and I think in the fact... Successor, yeah. I think in the fact there's been so many spiritual successors, I think we didn't ever get more that no but see here's the thing it came out on dreamcast but then it also came out i feel like no that's just at radio future no i'm saying no i am also saying no unless we want to count uh sunset overdrive which is a <laughs> successor love that game by the way it's a it's a cool game did you just say that you love sunset overdrive unironically one of my favorite games from and the you Xbox don't one. like golden okay He's oh, like, I want to like an All Insomniac right. game, but I have to like the Xbox one. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I, I said it, it's a good game, but I got to like, I really didn't like it, but I want to. I, one day I'll get back to it. I had no soul. No, you won't. No, no you won't. you're right. No soul. No, soul. Uh, no was there soulless. wasn't. There wasn't a remake or a remaster. Oh, you're all correct. Yeah, there was never, never any sort of reboot, remake, remaster, whatever. It did have a sequel. Just that Radio Future. But that's it. And the final game, what's the score going into the final game here? Paul is four, Josh has three, I have two. Oh, okay. Final game is Yakuza. The yes. original Yakuza. I'm pretty sure yes. I feel like Mike gave the game away. I don't know. Sure, yes. Let's say I have, nothing, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, now I Josh, have, this is your moment. <laughs> now I have nothing to lose, baby. We're going no. Yakuza for the PS2? Yes, it was remade. It was called Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah on uh, the the previous generation of consoles. And then there was a... I was going to kind of try to trick you guys and say Yakuza 2 as the game because that Yakuza Kiwami 2 was the remake of that. But yep. I felt like that would be <laughs> oh. too... I felt like you would have said yes for sure on that one. I didn't know Mike was going to say yes right away. I have the entire uh, Yakuza... Uh, everything <laughs> matt you're speaking japanese the games. <laughs> quite literally you're speaking japanese to me and i don't i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i'm scared all right yeah. so uh paul won paul won is that right i yeah. did all right congratulate paul the inaugural winner of like a fine wine yeah, go to hell paul do i get a bottle of wine for that uh no ship to my house <laughs> okay not at all. Don't tell FedEx what you're doing. Just tell them it's uh, an elephant sculpture. Oh, yeah. Across uh, international lines, right? Yeah. 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 I can't do that. Nope. I watched a funny TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched a funny TikTok where some guy works at the UPS store. This is a bad story. And he was like, and he was like, you know, he's doing one of those like POV. Like, anyway, he, he said he swore he had someone come in and be like, oh, I'm shipping wine. And then he's like, oh, you can't ship wine. He's like, oh, no, it's not wine. It's like a a lamp <laughs> and he's like, you've told me now i can't do it he's like what the hell man i'm gonna have to go to another ups all right yeah let's move on to the water cooler let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we've been playing this week let me just get this out of the way first 
I played Aztec Forgotten Gods. I'd rather not talk about it. Hopefully this is the last time that the name <laughs> of this game touches my lips. Just watch my review on the YouTube channel. It's not great. Thank you to Lienzo for giving me a uh, review key to review your game, uh, but better luck next time. The other <laughs> game that I played was For the King. Paul mentioned it on last week's episode while I was away, but we played some For the King on stream. I w- did it as a this grand ruse to distract him from the baking of his birthday cake. It's a really neat game. I The way that I sort of described it as like the super casual divinity original sin meets a a board game sort of thing. It's really fun. I love the art style and it just feels like a game that you can just jump into with friends and have a really good time playing like this really casual RPG that you don't really have to get super invested in. So I thought that was kind of neat. But that's really I've I've been I had my Aztec review. I've had the NCAA tournament stuff going on, so I haven't played a whole lot. I really, I am, I swear to God, I'm going to play Horizon Forbidden West more. I will get to it. It's just on the back burner right now. But Paul, what'd you play this week? Great question, Matt. You know what? Um, I, I mentioned it, uh, I think when we, when we recorded replay this week, but I haven't had a, like a great chance to play a lot of games. Like I said, I've been playing a lot of Mario, uh, which is fun. I've been getting into that, but otherwise, you know, it's been a lot of like, I don't know, I guess I'm a nerd, but I've just been like looking up stuff I can get I'm waiting for like really good switch deals so I can get like really good you know games that I'm interested in but good luck I, I really, with that I know well I'm not looking for like Nintendo games I'm looking for other stuff you know oh, like okay. indies and stuff I'm looking for some deals on indies I mean Amazon sells switch games like older switch games for pretty good prices so make sure you check that out maybe on amazon.com I didn't see anything crazy on amazon.ca and I feel like our deals usually generally aren't as good for certain things not everything but that stuff I think sometimes so not 100% sure but I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for stuff which is awesome uh, but yeah I haven't played a ton of games I've been playing like I said Mario uh, and I played I, I just downloaded Tunic uh, on Game Pass so I am actually pretty excited to get into that really kind of disappointed that of course over here I get a Switch and then uh, this would be a really, really good Switch game. And although I don't know if I would have paid 30 bucks for it, but still uh, it would have been fun and I'm going to probably play it on PC at some point. But yeah, that's that's about it. There's a ton of Game Pass games coming out right now that I really want to play. I'm on the, fl- the Switch side, flip side. I've been playing a lot of handheld Switch stuff, which is a lot of fun. So I got to get back to a lot of these. I still want to play Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. And, and I also, because it's on uh, Game Pass now, and also, I've been meaning to play Kentucky Route Zero, and that's actually on Game Pass now as well. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff out right now, but just not a lot of dedicated time to sit down and play. So I'm working on it. That's that's my update for the water cooler this week. Not a lot, but I'm working on it. Real quick side note. Let's not get super into this. I don't know if anyone watched the Xbox Indie Showcase, but aside from the Tunic Game Pass drop, what else did they talk about in the show? Uh, it was nothing crazy. Uh, they had these Twitch streamers who were pretty annoying to listen to the entire time. <laughs> that was pretty much a lot of it. Um, they had an interesting game called, I think, Curse of the Gulf or something. Uh, it was like a weird, like, uh, pixel game where it's like a roguelite, but you golf. Um, and oh. so you're like, and you get sent to, you're a golfer, pro golfer, got sent to hell, and you have to, like, <laughs> golf your way out of hell. And then you, of course, it's a roguelite, so you die a lot, and then you have to, like, keep going through. And it actually looks really creative. I'm just, like, not crazy about that pixel style. Um, but it, it does look cool. That was a neat game. Uh, also an, an FMV game that, Whoa. uh, is like a, like a 1920s movie actress who like goes missing, but it's like, it's all like, it's all like real movie footage that they 
they filmed and then you can like something remarkable they showed well not rem- but worth mentioning uh is that you could pause or like slow down the video in the fmv and like click something in the background so like if you see some character enter and you can like click Whoa. on his face or like you see someone come in with a knife you can like pause it and click on the knife and it'll like have an effect in the game which is cool like you can actually like look at like it's like a point and click adventure but it's with an fmv built in it was pretty interesting that's cool uh, it's not something i would play because i just fmvs are super weird i feel bad for them in the sense that like that's a tough thing for people to understand uh but yeah i think it was creative so th- those are the couple things i saw i watched for about their 40 minutes i think there was maybe a couple other things but i just couldn't keep watching it it's like i can't listen to this anymore but that was about it all right decent report thank you appreciate that josh what did you play this week pretty much the exact same as last week it's been a pretty steady uh, circle i've got going on it's uh wow lost ark and elden ring Ooh. Uh, it's pretty much been the same thing as last week. I have just, I, I mean, I've said it, I said it on the last game groups, it's been nice to have a consistent circle of games to just play again. Yeah. And, and just switch up to play a little bit of it's, it's been nice, you know, raiding on the weekends and wow, kind of just chilling out on like morning time with some Lost Ark. And then during the afternoons, during the weekends. And when I get home, play some Elden Ring. No real new updates, uh, so it'll be a short water cooler for me. All I'll really say is the world just continues to grow with Elden Ring. The bosses continue to get more in-depth as I've gone, I feel, and I'm having a blast. It's uh, it's still the incredible game that I started with, uh, and I'm still loving the shit out of it. I want to play. I want to play, but I need to wait for a deal. I cannot buy this game at full price and Same. Like, jump in and quit after an hour. I can't let myself do yeah, but I'm really excited for a good deal. I think the first big, like anything more than 10%, maybe we get like 15, 20. Yeah, I'm excited. Mike, what did you play this week? Oh, well, I played some some bangers of games, and I'm disappointed in Josh for his answer. I played some Centipede and oh, that's right. some, some Ms. Pac-Man, some uh, Donkey Kong Jr. You guys go to an arcade? We yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I set the high score on Centipede mm. um, and then proceeded to watch Kayla try to beat it and become obsessed with Centipede. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was fun. It was a good time. We played a lot of games. There was there's a whole laundry list. Was oh, it yeah. a, a a barcade type thing? Yes. God, I love that. We played a uh, we played a Duck Dynasty shooting game and we (laughs) murdered gophers and then blew them up with dynamite. Oh my god! (laughs) It was was an experience. On top of that, I got to watch Josh play Elden Ring uh, a lot. Nice. (laughs) Josh, how many hours do you have in Elden Ring now? Uh, let me take a brief glance. I want to say just off the rip, it's forty six, forty seven hours really specific off the rip uh i just I, i've been keeping an eye on it because i just want to make 49. sure i remember 49 okay cool and fave has like something like fave or other group has something like 80 odd hours 90 something jeez and bro has uh, been putting in the work because i've been doing other normie shit like playing wow but yeah it's been us been good has fave Fabian has like, 103 oh my shit. God. has he like beaten the story or is it the game that lo- like is he doing all this other shit first he is almost to new game plus which is just playing it over again uh but he still has not fully completed and like beaten it 
So it, it launched with a new game plus. Yeah, yeah. It, it oh, pretty good. much every Dark Souls uh, has new game. Really, plus. I had yep. no idea. For some reason, it didn't seem like the kind of series that ha- would have new game plus. Oh yeah, it's 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 huge because there's there's so many like there's a ton of weapons and abilities you get uh, that are like in the game by like the last boss, and the idea is all right, you got this new weapon, go into new game plus and murder the fuck out of like bosses that beat your ass at the start. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I never would have guessed that. Yeah, that's awesome though. I guess that's sort of what helps keep that community alive and always fresh. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Short. Oh, uh, actually, yeah. just oh. just just really quick, want to say because uh, this is a legitimate curiosity of mine. Mike, uh, is centipede anything related to human centipede? It's everything no. related to human centipede. What Thank did y'all think my much. wife was getting up to? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I'm worried for you, Josh. I'm worried for you. I'm trying to look out for you. Wait a right. second. So you said that she spent a bunch of time trying to beat your score. Did she? No. no. She got second. Okay. She oh. got second place. <laughs> well, and I was somewhere in like fifth. Second uh, is good. You can be proud of second unless mm-hmm. you want to be first and then uh, you can't be proud of it. Uh, to quote the late great Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. Exactly. To be fair, I only got to play Centipede once, so. Wow. <laughs> and then Baller she took over. <laughs> it was it, like uh, all those games I've had, I had on Atari. So I was just like, oh, I know how to play these. <laughs> Very nice. I, I love, I love a, a good old school arcade. All right, let's move on to audience questions. Every week we address audience questions, comments, or concerns. We take these questions from our supporters on Patreon at patreon.com. So it's good night groups. We can leave your questions in the comments section of the previous episode's post. A $1 tier will get you access to these submissions. We also take submissions at gamegroups at gmail.com if you're not a patron, but our patrons will always receive priority. However, if you do it right now, we haven't got a lot of questions, so your question will get read on the show. All right, this first question comes in from Pobert Rattinson. Pobert Rattinson. I, we heard you. Okay. Heard you. Uh, <laughs> the, question, <laughs> the question is, what's a developer that you'd like to see expand and do something totally out of their wheelhouse? I'll go first. They've already been mentioned on the show. I want to see Rare do a fantasy RPG. Maybe like a somewhat casual online service, live service RPG in their cartoony art style. Just a casual type of online game i would love to see some medieval land uh, fantasy landscapes with that sea of thieves type art style i i just think i think rare would do a really good job of just making something like that easy to play fun to play and like sea of thieves maybe like there's a it's a lot of skill based in it uh but also just easy to jump into and have a good time with your friends i would really like to see them try to do something like that i don't think that is ever going to happen but I'm curious to see what Everwild is. I have no idea. I don't think it's going to be that, but I am curious. I don't think they have any idea either. <laughs> That's true. I don't think they have any clue what Everwild is. Paul, what about you? What's your answer to Pobert Rattinson's question? Uh, well, thank you for the question, uh, Vengeance. We really appreciate that. Uh, I have to say, without a doubt, uh, here's the thing. 
I think until a developer comes out and does something out of left field, I won't know if I want them to do it because I could say literally anything and I don't know. But I guess my, I, the, the idea behind the question is like, what developer do you really love that you want to see them do something crazy and then you think they do it? Uh, Playground Games, uh, you know, they famously made Forza Horizon uh, and then they took a big gamble here. They're taking a big gamble and they're making the Fable, uh, the Fable series or the new um, Fable game. And so I think maybe we should think about what they're going to do next, though, right? Because, like, let's be honest, like, if they can make such a big switch, I think it's important to consider. So I think next time they should get a little bit different, a little bit more minute, a little more granular, you know, focus less on these big showy graphics. We spent a lot of time on Forza Horizon. We spent a lot of time. I know where this is going. I know where this is going. What do you think it's going to be? Just just finish what you're saying. Uh, I know where this is going. Anyway, I'm thinking maybe we get a little bit more technical about things here. We don't need all these graphics. In fact, we almost need no graphics. I'm thinking a lot of boxes, a lot of numbers. I'm thinking maybe we can see Playground Games make the next big Sudoku game. Oh, it wasn't where I thought. I thought you were going to say they should make the next Sonic game. It was that other shitty game that we're talking about. That's actually about. a legitimately cool idea. No, I went <laughs> I went Sudoku. <laughs> okay, perfect. Because it's a waste of talent is the joke. That's oh, the joke. Okay. <laughs> Mike, not because Sudoku is bad, but it's just not the will. You get it. You get it. Mike, how would you answer this question? And you're not allowed to answer with anything related to Sonic. Why would I want anyone but Sega to make a Sonic game? That doesn't make any sense. Anyways... Um, though from software might make a kick-ass Sonic game. Just oh saying. my god, they would a but. Sonic a Sonic Souls game. <laughs> but he rolls so much already. He's the original role. They put a rolling ability in fucking Elden Ring. <laughs> Anyways, what was I going to say? Now that you put Sonic in my head, that wasn't my answer. Um. I don't know. Maybe from software, it can give me a Souls game that is also a shooter. I have no idea. Ooh. I lost my train of thought because you distracted me what, with, uh, with the best franchise in gaming. What's the 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 mech? Yeah, game. I know. Yeah. Wait, the mech game? armored Isn't core. Mech? Armored core. Right. Isn't is armored core not a mech game? Uh, it is. It is. I just don't. I thought you were gonna come up. You were gonna say uh, remnant. Because that is a shooter Souls like game. That oh yeah, that well yeah, that exists. Not great. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> I, I, I thought it was meh. Anyways, um yeah, I lost my train of thought with Sonic. I'm sorry. That's all right. Josh, how would you answer this question? Well, uh Mike casually just like even with his train of thought being fucked, took my answer, which was uh I was thinking, oh, from software could maybe do like a shooter soul style game. So fuck it. That's what I'm still sticking with. Uh, or maybe now that they've shown they can do a, a pretty solid open world, uh, throw us into a first person medieval or first person like science fiction, star place, space, oh, something star like place. that. Uh, it's basically going to be uh, whatever the fuck Bethesda is making. But yeah, yeah I star, I, I Starberg, think, I think is what they're working star, on. Right? <laughs> star place coming yeah. November 11th. Right? Uh, yes. Uh, Mass Effect or something like that. No, I think that'd be. I think it'd be good to see them try something else because I mean, Elden Ring has been their like kind of love letter to all the games they've made, and they're you know combined it all into this one massive son of a bitch of a game. And I don't know, it'd be nice to try and see them maybe bust their chops on something else that kind of takes them out of their wheelhouse a little bit. I would love to see them bust their chops on something <laughs> else. All right, 
Well, let's yeah, move dude. on to, speaking of that, let's move on to Tickle My Listicle. In Tickle My Listicle, the panel is going to put together a list to fit around a certain topic, and then we discuss our picks right here on the show. We'll take turns sharing our picks for each round until we get to our number one pick in each category. This week's listicle is our top three favorite weapons, general or specific, in video games. What that means is it could be like, I really like pistols in first-person shooters, or I really like this specific gun in this specific game, whatever the case may be. But your three favorite we- uh, weapons in video games. Paul, let's have you go first. Give us your number three. Sure. My number three is uh, just just a classic lightsaber. I know it's not from video games, but anytime you give me a lightsaber in a video game and it works halfway decently, which has rarely happened, but I'm always tickled. It always tickles my listicle. It's very exciting to see it power up and to be able to have that experience. I'm hoping, uh, I don't know, I was going to say I was hoping Star Wars Eclipse is good, but I don't think it will be or ever come out. So I don't know if we're, I'm, I'm ever going to have this experience again, but uh, there you go. Game that felt great with lightsabers, Jedi Power Battles. Really good game back in the day. All right, I'll I'll grab it. Mike, what's your number three? Um, I want to first give give a quick honorable mention to um, this the, gu- the uh, gun from Centipede because its fire rate <laughs> is dependent on if a bullet is out, and that's hilarious. So if your target's really close, the fire rate goes up, and if your target's really far away, it goes down. Thought that was always neat. Yeah. Now, my number three also from our bout at the arcade because of how many times I had to hear complaints about it right next to me. Uh, the hammer from Donkey Kong because <laughs> it's not a buff. It just gets you killed. <laughs> Josh, your number three. We got to give it to Thorodal the Star's Fury. Uh, the wow. legendary bow from a uh, black temple, I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, looks fucking cool. It's to me the penultimate uh hunter weapon in WoW. I just love it. I think it looks dope. I believe that drops off Kale Thos. Uh, it's oh, hold on. No, it's uh, in the Tempest Keep. Is that what it's called? It's Sunwell. It's Sunwell and it drops oh. off Kill Jaden. I think there we go. Okay, now I don't remember. Am not I kill, not of- Kill Jaden? Who the fuck is the What's his, What's the big demon's name in yeah, Sunwell? Kill Jaden. It's, it's Kill, Kill Jaden. Jaden. Yeah, 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 it drops yeah. off Kill Jaden. Okay. He, Do you play yeah, WoW? Yeah. I think. Is this the Final <laughs> Fantasy thing? Because I haven't played that. <laughs> <laughs> is, T- Tempest Keep is where Kael'thas is, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, because he drops the ashes of Alara. That's the yes. one I was thinking of. Okay, cool. You're thinking of Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> thinking of Sonic. They, they look similar. A okay. little bit. <laughs> My number three. First, honorable mention to the Kingdom Hearts Keyblade. Love the idea of the Keyblade. Think it's really cool, and they look pretty. It sweet. doesn't actually. It doesn't actually make it on your list. Wow. It doesn't make it on my list. No, but I love the Kingdom Hearts Keyblade. Always thought it was a super cool idea for a weapon. But number three on my list is the Halo Rocket Launcher. I just have so many great memories of just blasting people in four-player split-screen. We we're playing the lockout map in Halo 2 with only rocket launchers. Just such a good time. Or like hang them high in Halo 1 with only rocket launchers. Just so fun. A lot of good memories. So that's my number three. Paul, you're number two. Yeah, number two for me is going to be uh, the Twin Fists of Melfon from Hades. 
I fucking love these things. It's my favorite weapon in the game. I try really hard to play with other ones. They're all there. I think they're all really good. Uh, mostly. I, I, there's some that I don't love, but I've actually, I hate the bow. Um, and that's probably wrong of me, but it's just a little too slow. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think they all are interesting to play with. And when I do sit and play with them for a while, I can get into them. But man, the Twin Fist and Melfon is amazing. Just that it's so satisfying. And some of the buffs you can get where you can like magnet people into you and then like drop down on them with the fists. I'm always into like just bi- like any character that has like big fists to just <laughs> punch people. I love it. Like Vi's thing in, uh, oh, yeah. in, uh, in, in League of Legends as well. Just like a big robo fist. It was like, beat the shit out of people i think that's awesome so really really cool power uh really really satisfying to get up close and personal and yeah i love it very nice mike you're number two uh my number two there's a lot of weapons that i could choose from but i'm gonna i'm gonna do something more recently uh in apex legends i'm gonna give it to the bow check because it's i love that bow that bow's <laughs> way too good i know it's probably not and people probably think it's shit but i love it i do very well with it so i'm gonna keep using it and watch people pass over it very easily very nice love it josh number two everyone is gonna know this one i mean this is pretty much on everybody's radar it's this is not gonna be a surprise for anyone uh it's a really big one it's the mac 11 from rainbow six vegas 2 Uh, I love this fucking gun. It was my baby anytime I played that fucking game. It was not picked by many people at all, but if you were good with it and you got in close range, you could just straight melt people. And it was <laughs> meme It was fun. Uh, and since I didn't throw out an honorable mention, I have another honor or have a honorable mention, the Raging Bull from Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Uh, actually goaded, uh, incredible, strong. You could one-shot people and they do backflips. My number two is the God of War Leviathan Axe. The God of War reboot that came out in 2018. Just one of the best feeling weapons in any game I've played. It just feels so good, so satisfying. The sounds, the feel, the, the way it swings. I love it. But, and you know what? Spoilers for God of War because Mike is clearly never going to play it again josh is not going to play it again paul i think already got to this point but spoilers for that god of war game in case anyone is listening halfway through the game you get the blades of chaos you get the blades of chaos also really great weapons in that game they don't quite beat the leviathan axe but i love that you get to switch up things and and just have a different basically a different move set with the blades of chaos i love it so much so there's sort of I wouldn't say they're tied on this tier, but the but what makes the, the Leviathan Axe so great is that you're not just playing the entire game just with that. You also switch it up. So then that makes you sort of realize just how good the Leviathan Axe is. Paul, you're number one. Well, Matt, my number one weapon in video games is the Leviathan Axe from mm. God of War. I fucking wow. love this shit. Uh, it just feels so satisfying. And I know... Uh, I know Mike is is just sitting there being like you know, being very polite, not making a silly face, <laughs> but it's like I know it wasn't uh, wasn't your favorite, which is so funny to me because to me that's like the the bread and butter. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a big Thor fan, but I definitely love. I definitely got into like late MCU Thor as like a lot of people did with like Ragnarok and all that kind of stuff, and that's around the same time that I got into playing God of War, of course, because that's when around when it came out. 
Uh, and yeah, the way that thing feels, it's just like playing with like Stormbreaker or something in, uh, in Thor. It, it's perfect. The, the, I, I can only imagine, uh, I haven't played, like I can only imagine Ragnarok with it tuned properly with the dual sense and everything. Oh, it's just going to feel like, sense. <laughs> I gotta Fucking say, like, Christ. I'm not here, like, you know, uh, getting all the excited over the dual sense. Leviathan Axe with yeah. the PS5 dual sense controller. I gotta Let's say, go. like with that basic rumble in the PS4, because I'll argue, like, I, I think the, the Xbox One had better rumble than the PS4 did. I think they, like, they had trigger rumble. They had some stuff that the PS4 didn't have. But P- I mean, the dual sense is an incredible feat in terms of that, like, feeling of, of you know, tension and things. So I think that, yeah, the Leviathan Axe is going to be sick in that. I'm really, really excited. Uh, it's going to be awesome. 2023, uh, not because of ragnarok but when i have to buy a ps5 for spider-man would be great because then i can go back and play all these other games so it's really exciting i'm I'm psyched love it obviously i love it mike your number one pick uh it's gonna be the leviathan x no um <laughs> oh my god it's actually the silver sword from the witcher 3 it's not at all well that's satisfying though too mm, my, my pick comes from a game that surprisingly has a lot of weapons in it given the subject matter and it took me a while to really think about it. I'm going to go with the, honestly, the inspiration for Robert Pattinson in the Batman. Shadow's guns in Shadow the Hedgehog. Just top tier. I don't know what to say. Those actually, <laughs> honestly, Shadow the Hedgehog is like weirdly like not far off from Pattinson in terms of the vibe. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> have you have you seen the copy pasta of how of like a fake interview with Robert Pattinson where he's asked what his inspiration was and he's like my favorite game of all time, Sonic Adventure Two with but only oh. the Shadow Path. <laughs> oh my god, I love that meme. That's so that's so clever because I can honestly, <laughs> if if Robert Pattinson wasn't like too cool to play video games, then I uh, quote unquote I would say, uh, then that would have been I would have believed it. Let's just have Henry Cavill play Batman and talk about video games. I want Chris, wow. Chris Pratt. Wow. He'll Pratt. do it. Henry Cavill will play any nerdy role that you have available for him. Do you, <laughs> you need a protagonist for a video game project? I'm your man. Josh, your number one weapon of all time in video games. Uh, it's an easy one. It's got to be the Ashbringer. It's pretty Hell much yeah. no other way around it. It's the definitive paladin weapon. You fucking got that bitch in Legion. Uh, the like corrupted Ashbringer and fucking vanilla was cool as hell and super rare to get. Uh, so seeing it out in the wild is just nuts. Uh, Ashbringer is goaded. Uh, held by one of the best paladins uh, in Warcraft as well, by the way. Uh, rip my boy Tyrion. So yeah, I uh, love that weapon. My brother on the battlefield... My number one is the Ashbringer. As it should be. Hell yes. (laughs) I love giant two-handed swords. I love paladins. Ashbringer is the ultimate merging of those two things. So yeah, my choice was never going to be anything else. Not only do I love the Ashbringer, but what Blizzard did with the different skins for the Ashbringer in Legion was so phenomenal. It was so good. It was honestly better than I could have imagined. You can say whatever you want about Blizzard's game development over the last decade. The art team has never skipped a beat. They've always been fantastic. And what they did for the Ashbringer and Legion 
is nothing short of amazing. And that made Legion such a great expansion for me. I actually thought it was a great expansion in general, but playing a Paladin main and having Ashbringer the whole time as a Ret Paladin was fucking phenomenal. And it was, quite honestly, a dream come true. (laughs) It was awesome. It should have been the end of World of Warcraft. Yeah, that was the peak. It was the pinnacle. It was written as the pinnacle. It's nuts. But and I will say really quick, just you guys talking about the Ashbringer always reminds me of. Do you guys remember Tales of the Past? That uh, really, really over the top WoW machinima that was like feature length. Uh, (laughs) And and they had uh, I, I just always think of the main dude like doing like a big, long, like fucking uh, like spirit quest and like training to like wield the Ashbringer, <laughs> yeah. and then all culminating in that line where he gets in front of Arthas and goes, "Arthas, God is pissed." <laughs> <laughs> and then Arthas was, and Arthas was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, the voice acting wasn't great. What I love about the Ashbringer too is that yes, like getting some some of the Ashbringer skins as the Paladin was much harder than other. <laughs> than other classes in Legion because they actually played into like the whole Ashbringer meme. The meme secret skin is so incredible. Yeah, like like the old playground story, like you have to do this thing in the hinterlands and and fish. And I lit, I shit you, like I probably spent seven fucking hours fishing because it's random RNG for this thing. Like there are other people on Reddit who are like, oh yeah, I got it on the second cast. And me, I'm, I'm like, I got max fishing like, and five hours after that i finally got the skin but yeah i i love that they played it that was probably the most unique way i've found of getting a skin and the fact that they just played into like the old rumors was so fucking neat so good so good. the way blizzard handled most of the the class specific things in legion but specifically the paladin stuff was so good all right let's move on to the roasts we're gonna end the show with a short roast, I'm going to give the panel a topic, and they're going to give it a short roast. They may love the topic that I picked, but now's the time to end it with a knockout punch. Welcome to the roast of video game reviews. I'll go first. I know it's a meme that superhero games really make you feel like you're Batman or feel like you're Spider-Man, but I feel like we don't hear enough about how Call of Duty really makes you feel like a mass murderer or Pokemon really makes you feel like the very best dogfighting champion, or Grand Theft Auto really makes you feel like a de- degenerate piece of shit. People just don't talk about that enough. I feel like we need to include that in our re- reviews going forward. Paul, your roast. I really love that. I feel like we could uh, riff off that for a while, but I'll, I'll go <laughs> forward. Uh, yeah, so I wrote a roast uh, tonight, but unfortunately, I didn't really have like a lot of marketing behind it. And, you know, <laughs> as good as it was, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't really reach reviewers eyes that much. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to uh, like, you know, give you the review of that roast. Jeff Gerstmann is uh, refusing to give a review with your he won't dollars. give a good he won't give a good or bad review he just <laughs> it's not not reaching his desk mike your roast you know um it's really commendable that elden ring was able to reach a 10 out of 10 and join the great games such as death loop that didn't even win game of the year last year <laughs> that's the roast of death loop yeah that's the roast and of ign and yeah, I, that's, that's fair true. yeah that's true Josh, your your roast, please. Uh, poo poo, pee pee. IGN just gave a literal pile of shit a seven out of ten. <laughs> so stupid. Why is that so funny? <laughs> uh, 
seven out of ten. IGN approved. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us here on the Game Gears Podcast, the all-encompassing gaming podcast from the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where we currently have three different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here for the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier will get you access to this show, this very show, two days early. A special shout out to all of our patrons currently supporting us in the $5 plus tier. The exhaustive list, Jeremy R. Hawkeye. A round of applause for him, please. Black Widow himself. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Are we allowed to talk about Black Widow these days? I don't know. Everything helps. What? You know, the uh, sanctions and everything. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content where you'll find this podcast. She's American now. Okay. They rewrote Southern Fry Groups, game reviews, and more. Guys, any last thoughts? Uh, there's actually a change.org petition out there right now to make Paul the uh, permanent host of Game Groups. Get out there and sign that bad no, boy. It has no, uh, two signatures no. on it now. I can't Whoa. say who those are now. <laughs> Won't have any more than that. I can promise you that. I'm shutting this down. I'm just warning everyone, episode 74, make sure to check back in. It's going to be crazy. Well, I feel like at this point now, we have to have you host episode 74. I, that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm, that's what I'm campaigning for. Starting, starting the Oscar campaign early. <laughs> That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone.